successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on the radio if you're listening there on 980 AM or via podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get a podcast. We're on our website, grillnationshow.com. I hope you're having a great day today. Uh, as the temperatures get colder, we are going to really have an interesting show today uh, and learn a lot about some of the, the current issues going on in our in our community, in our world, and also hear from an extremely smart and uh, very successful uh, person in the medical field who is solving problems for people each and every day around COVID-19 and, and just has been all over the media lately. And I'm very excited to have her on. Michelle Aldrich is joining us. She is the president of Biracor, a Eurofins clinical diagnostics. They are online at biracor-eurofins.com. That's B-I-R-A-C-O-R-eurofins.com. They have over 30 years of experience uh, dealing with infectious disease. Uh, I can't pronounce all of these words, but I'm going to try allergy testing. They've done all kinds of work uh, in the medical field. And, and more importantly, we're having her on today to talk about all the work they've done with COVID-19 testing and uh, and whatnot. And I'll get into her bio here in a second, but I'd rather have her kind of introduce herself. Uh, Michelle, welcome to the show. I, I got my tongue tied there with all of the all of the great things that you guys have done at your business, but I'm glad to have you on the show today. Thanks, Jason. It's great to be here today. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I Looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, I want to know first off from you, kind of tell us a little about before we get into your background. Tell us about your company. Uh, you are the president and chief scientific officer. You've done a lot, and so I'm really interested to know about kind of give us the background about what your business does. Absolutely. So I've been uh, with Viracore for over 14 years now. I've actually I started back in spring of 2006 in our research and development department designing assays for physicians throughout the United States to help diagnose and treat their patients, and really kind of moved up to become a clinical laboratory director and chief scientific officer, as you mentioned, really helping to set the strategic um, scientific path of our company, and ironically became president kind of, of course, through one of the most, you know, complex times um, during this COVID pandemic. So I've been president um, since early April. And so really just taking the reins and, and leading our company as we do our part to help uh, respond to this horrible pandemic that we find ourselves in. You're based in Lee Summit, Missouri. Is that right? We we are. We're kind of in the suburbs of, of Kansas City here. Corporate headquarters. Did you, uh, where did you grow up at, uh, Michelle? Sure. So I grew up uh, kind of in the Midwest. I'm a, a farm girl. I grew up on a dairy farm up in eastern South Dakota. I uh, spent kind of my early academics um, here in the Midwest 
in um, doing undergraduate work at the University of Mary up in Bismarck, North Dakota, and then came south to Omaha and received my PhD in pathology and microbiology at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, um, and then really took a, a, a leap of faith and moved out east and did my postdoctoral training at the University of Virginia. Uh, and that's where I met my husband, um, and we kind of started our careers and then found an opportunity kind of at this little hidden gem here in, in the Kansas City area, and we moved out here in 2006. But you had, so, okay, so there was, uh, was your husband from here, or were you, he's just an East Coaster? No, he's a, he actually grew up in Boston, so we've got kind of that interesting mix of, you know, Midwest farm girl and, and big city uh, East Coast boy. Well, that was a move, right? Coming to Kansas City. I know you had the background here kind of in the Midwest, but that's quite a move. And it seems like you've been very happy with it because you have been very successful and worked here for uh, for many years, like you said. Um, what was that training like? I mean, just for those listening who maybe some of the things you said they don't understand, are, what, what type of training do you have to go through to be where you are today as far as the field you're in? Well, and I, you know, I think it's it's a great point. And, and clinical medicine is really one of those hidden gems in, in healthcare in general. And for people that love science, you know, I think I grew up, you know, liking to do science, doing experiments, you know, enjoyed math. And, you know, going through undergraduate, just trying to figure out how can you turn that into a career? You know, the obvious kind of science careers are becoming a teacher or becoming a me- medical doctor or a nurse. But clinical laboratory medicine is really one of those hidden gems that I didn't find out about it um, until pretty late in my career. And so one of the things, you know, that we're trying to do here at ViroCore is just get the word out about what a great career opportunity is, you know, working with the STEM group, you know, getting more exposure to the science careers that, that are out there. Um, because it really is a great career opportunity that is kind of under underknown and under um, not as not very well understood. Right, because people just think of you like in a laboratory uh, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and and they don't really understand all of the things that 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 we are benefited by in our lives. I mean, right. each day you're doing things within the lab and within Biocore that uh, are really impacting people's lives. Right. It's, you know, it's sometimes said that, you know, the majority of medical decisions are based on lab tests. And I think a lot of the population just doesn't have an awareness of all that goes into doing lab tests. And so we're, we're a very specialty laboratory diagnostic company um, here in the Kansas City area. We serve patients throughout the United States at large academic medical centers, um, you know, from coast to coast and, and right here at home as well. I liked on your website at viacor-eurofins.com, your vision and your mission. You know, you guys have to be very well trusted and provide innovative services. But at the same time, you know, just because you're trusted doesn't mean you're necessarily going to improve the lives of patients. And your mission really is to improve the lives of patients through timely testing, excellence in science, and exceptional service. I mean, you have to not only be trusted – you also have to deliver results for the general public and for others you work with. Right. Historically, really, our business has grown up around the transplant patient, and that includes both um, solid organ transplants, so, you know, patients that need a kidney transplant or a heart transplant 
or patients that have had leukemia and lymphoma and they need to get a stem cell transplant as part of their treatment. In those patients, unfortunately, to have their transplant survive, they have to go under, they have to take a lot of drugs to suppress their immune system for their transplant to be successful. And kind of the, the good and the bad that goes with that is that it makes them more susceptible to getting sick and getting infections. And so we're really supporting physicians that are treating these very critically ill patients. When they get sick, you know, uh, an infection that to a normal healthy person like you and I would be, you know, you'd feel a little achy, not feeling great, but to these transplant patients can have very significant um, outcomes, including death. They need to know if they have an infection or not very quickly. Michelle Aldrich, president of Viracor. She is our guest today. Their website is viracor-eurofins.com. We are going to talk about all the things that you've been working on really since you became president, uh, along with all the other work you guys do there. But really focused on kind of the COVID-19 pandemic, which you guys have been doing that's been innovative. Some new announcements that were just made, uh, all kinds of great information here today on the Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and at grillnationshow.com. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. I'm also on other social medias. Just search for my name, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Jason Grill. Again, today we are joined by Michelle Altrich, who's the president of Viracor. Uh, Eurofins Clinical Diagnostics. They are based in Lee Summit, Missouri, but doing work all over the world. Uh, their website is viracor-eurofins.com. That's E-U-R-O-F-I-N-S.com. I am excited to have you back, Michelle. We've talked about your background uh, again and just all the great work you've done throughout your career. Uh, at your business and now as president. Let's talk about kind of testing and behind the scenes and what's happened since for you since uh, COVID-19 pandemic really kind of struck, at least locally, with a lot of shutdowns around March, early March. But you, you've been just working like crazy on all this to find solutions, including testing and, you know, all the different research you've done at the labs. How did this all start and, you know, what did it look like at the beginning? And then we'll go through some of the, the progress you've made. Sure. And it's interesting, Jason, because our uh, COVID story here at Viracor actually starts way earlier than March. It was actually in early January when, you know, we first started to hear about these weird kind of infections that were being discovered in China. And luckily, we have really a great network of infectious disease physicians that we work with throughout the United States. And so I reached out to one of them and said, hey, you know, what is going on? Should we be worried? Should we be working on a new test? And he said, you know, all that they know at this point, he works with the WHO. Um, and so he was able to kind of keep us updated and said, there is no current diagnostic test that will detect this virus. And um, luckily, we're now at a point with uh, technology 
that we have the ability just to put the put these samples in machines and have them um, spit out kind of the genetic sequence of the virus. And so they were able to do that, you know, a few days later and really publish um, the sequence. And, you know, at that point, you didn't really hear about the disease outside of China. But we really decided early on in January that we were going to get our research and development team working on an assay um, in case it was needed. We'd rather have an assay ready in case it came to the United States than have it come and, and be caught kind of blindsided. And so our R&D team got to work developing assays. And luckily, we have such a great history of developing these types of assays uh, and really smart folks working in the R&D team. And so they were working to develop an assay. And then in the kind of late January, early February, you would start to hear about it. But there's an interesting regulatory framework we have here in the United States in the fact that the FDA really regulates all diagnostic testing whenever there's an emergency. And so they have what's called, they start to give emergency use declaration and they kind of tell every diagnostic lab, you can't do any testing for this virus unless we approve you to do that. And so they kind of said, hey, we're instituting, we're calling this an emergency. And so now we have enforcement authority. And so that really then hamstrung labs such as ourselves, which we normally have the ability to develop and offer these tests under the, the laboratory fra framework that we operate under. And so there was really a huge outcry in the laboratory community because these tests were needed. We weren't able to the CDC had developed an assay, but they have limited resources. They have limited tests. And so there just weren't enough people getting tested. And so we didn't really have visibility to how big of a problem we had back in February. Mm -hmm. And because of that onslaught of feedback to the FDA, on February 28th, they made a change. And they said, okay, laboratories can offer testing as long as they notify us and in the first two weeks submit data for us to review. And so we were able to really put all the final touches and start testing for the virus on March 13th. And so ironically, kind of looking back, it was a Friday. So whether or not that, you know, with an omen, Friday the 13th, we started testing. And we were really one of the first labs in the U.S. to do testing. But at that point, you know, I don't know if people remember, but that was when things were really starting to fall apart in, you know, most notably New York with kind of that early focus of the pandemic, we received more samples those first few days than we could have ever imagined. Um, and so it was really all hands on deck, everybody kind of working 24 seven to start getting those results out. And then just, you know, it's kind of been on um, ebbs and flows with testing ever since. But it was a very kind of those first few weeks of testing was really the most intense need that we have ever seen. Very well said. You, you guys have um, have recently started doing uh, at-home testing. I know you guys have, uh, Viracore is uh, is involved with that. I've seen you on the news actually this week right. uh, on television. <laughs> and on uh, I read about it in the Kansas City Business Journal. So uh, that your lab is now offering at-home COVID-19 test kits. Tell us about that and, uh, and what that entails for people listening. Sure. And so, you know, I think that's an important part. 
we definitely, once we started testing back in April and May, we knew that that wouldn't be the end. And so really the goal has always been to try to anticipate what kind of the next needs are going to be during the pandemic. And so really it's having a lot of access to testing. And so of course the easiest way for uh, an individual to get a test is to be able to do it at their house without having to go to the doctor. And so we started again working on this test a long time ago. We actually um, completed really the laboratory portion of the testing um, back in July, really working with the FDA on a continual basis. Because of course the FDA's ultimate goal is to keep all of us safe. And so they do have a lot of restrictions that we need to, to support. And so part of that was looking at the regulations around home collection, you know, when you don't have a physician there to help you. Really worked back and forth with them a long time and finally uh, got that FDA authorization um, on Friday. And so we're able to kind of do the, the launch kind of yesterday. And so the great thing, um, really, and again, one of the things that's changed throughout the pandemic is we now know that, you know, anybody that's had the flu kind of in history and has to go get that test, there's a swab that they, it seems like they shove kind of all the way at, you know, some of them, some people re refer to it as the brain tickler. Yeah. And of course, you know, when you're asking somebody to test at home, they're not going to do that. So. What's great is really the at-home kit, it's, think of a Q-tip. It's really just like a Q-tip that you have to put in the, in the lower part of your nostril, rub it around to make sure you're getting a good sample collection, but it's not invasive at all. It's very easy to do. Of course, it does tickle a little bit, but it's pain-free, and so it's really easy to do at home, very clear instructions. And so it's a great opportunity, you know, if you either either are just concerned if you live in an area where there's a lot of transmission and that really is everywhere right now, or you, you know, were notified that you were exposed to somebody that then tested positive and they want you to now get a negative test. This is again, an easy way uh, to fulfill that requirement to get a, you know, get out of quarantine. Um, if that's the, the guidance you get from public health. And so there's just a lot of um, great, increase to access that this test will give uh, folks really, again, throughout the United States with a few states um, that are excluded uh, because of various regulations. But you're able to get the results in 24 to 48 hours after the test is received right. uh, from the from the person. And um, I know you all are uh, going to be working on saliva tests as well. That, that'll continue to innovate the at-home testing? Right now, we were able to, this week as well, we launched healthcare provider collected saliva. So again, really the goal is there are various people that might have an aversion to, you know, having something in their nose. Maybe they've had nasal surgery and they can't put anything in their nose for fear of something going wrong. So saliva, basically spitting in a tube, might be a better solution for them. And so really, again, with that eye towards making sure that there's a way to test everybody, no matter what kind of their preference would be from sample collection, just giving, you know, patients, healthcare providers, a lot of tools in their toolkit in order to, to try to get a handle on this pandemic. And is that, uh, tell us where people can get that test uh 
you know, I know it's a different website. I have it up right now. It's empower, empoweredxlab.com. So it's empoweredxlab.com. Is that where people go? Yes, that's exactly. And so, you know, again, we're part of uh, a really broad, great network of testing labs uh, through our parent company, Eurofins. And so we're really the lab behind the testing, but we don't have, we've, you know, we've always been, our business model has always been to serve hospitals. We're ne we've never been in the kind of consumer business. And so luckily we've got this great company within Eurofins that can market to consumers and get these kits to them and then work kind of the testing service behind the kit. Mm -hmm. We'll talk more about that after the break. I might be the only person who hasn't done the test yet uh, in this in this city, but um, but I want to talk more about what you just you just finished on and kind of break into maybe some ways that uh, these new tests might help contain the next wave of COVID, which you know it's getting colder now. I've heard from all the experts that it's supposed to continue to rise during the colder months. So we're going to get into that after the break. Michelle Aldridge is with us, president of Viracore. She is awesome. She's a true leader in our in our community and in our country as well as with the lab testing and president of Viraport. We'll be right back after the break with more Real Nation show. Thanks for joining us today. Walking like a man, hitting like a hammer. She's a juvenile scam. Never was a quitter. Tasted like a raindrop. She's got the look. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or via the GrillNationShow.com website. I appreciate you joining us. You can find all of our shows, all of our guests, all of our information on that website at GrillNationShow.com, of course, and I will share it all via social media uh, through my social media sites, just Jason Grill and all of those. Michelle Aldrich is with us. She is a, a really awesome person here locally, which I'm excited that we're getting to have on today because we haven't talked as much as we probably should have about all the other things affecting our work and our and our lives right now in COVID-19. She's the president of Viracor uh, Eurofins Clinical Diagnostics. They're in Lee Summit, uh, corporate headquarters. They're all over the country with the work that they do and the people that they touch and help. Uh, their website is V-I-R-A-C-O-R dash E-U-R-O-F-I-N-S dot com. Uh, Michelle, we were talking about kind of all of the new uh, innovations in testing, at-home testing. You just you just launched and you got approval from the FDA this week. If people want to read more about it, it's in the Kansas City Business Journal and you'll see it on television on our local news stations as well. Uh, but, you know, everyone talks about this next wave. They talk about how COVID-19 is not going away. We have to, you know, remain vigilant. We have to cover our mat, wear a mask. We have to do all these certain things. How do the innovations in testing that you kind of worked on with at home or workplace testing kind of help uh, kind of fight COVID? And how are we going to be prepared for the next wave? Well, I think what's really critical is, of course, we're going into flu season. And so, of course, everybody should be getting their flu shot. It's you know, a, a shot that we need. It's unfortunately one of those vaccines you need to get every year, kind of regardless of COVID. So everybody should be getting their flu shot. But that's really the key is that the symptoms, you know, they're all generic and the symptoms of flu, 
flu, influenza, and COVID are very similar. And so it's going to be vital because we do have some great treatments for, for influenza if it's diagnosed early. Um, but, you know, treatment for COVID is, is developing and coming along and they're learning a lot about it. So really understanding, is it flu, is it COVID? So we're kind of gearing up for a launch of a test that can be done um, kind of together with kind of one sample to determine, is it flu, is it COVID? Because that is really what we're going to need to understand as we go into flu season is what disease does the does the patient have or do they have neither one? And so we've, we're kind of working up finalizing all of that to, to launch it um, kind of in early November. That's great. What about workplace testing? Because, you know, I know what I do and what other people do, you know, we can work from home a lot. Um, we're doing the show from I'm at my house right now doing the show. Some people can't. Some people have to be back at the office. There's all these changes happening. You know, some people go to the office because they, they want routine. Some people do it for other reasons. Um, how is that going to work with workplace testing and, and, and evolution of that? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And really, you know, workplace means so many different things to, to different groups. I know we have a, a great group of folks working to, to solve that holistically within our European family. And so, again, we can do a lot of PCR testing for diagnosis, but we've got environmental groups that can do surface testing, um, wastewater groups. There's been different... Um, uh, schools that have diagnosed kind of caught COVID outbreaks early by testing, looking for the virus in, in wastewater. And so there's a lot of different things you can do for a workplace. And really the idea is it needs to be customized for the type of work done. You know, how close are people, you know, when you look at food preparation, you know, say, you know, the meat packing plants, their exposure, um, and their transmission risk just because of the work they do is very different than, you know, an office where everybody has their own office, everybody has walls, very limited interaction. So it's really, we've taken the approach of working with employers to really customize what they need. If they have folks, you know, that are traveling, you know, people are starting to travel more for work again, you know, everybody wants to find that sense of normal. But if they're traveling, where are you traveling to? Where are you traveling from? Do you need to be tested, you know, before you can go when, when you get back? And so it's really understanding what that employer needs and being able to help them find a solution. And so we've got a great team that can really customize that solution for that employer. You guys are testing for all kinds of different things. I, I read that you, you do athlete testing as well. So they're being tested for all of these sports leagues nonstop. And we're seeing some changes with college sports and high school sports. I mean, has that been something that you guys have been invested in? Yeah, you know, and again, even in the athletic world, we've really customized it because a lot of them, you know, you have your athletic performers. We've worked with our local um, Invictus, um, the women's MMA group that does um, events here in the Kansas City area to make sure they bring in kind of all those competitors, we're able to test and clear them for the um, event. Um, we've been working throughout the United States with the LPGA. And again, at a lot of these events, they can't have spectators, but you have to make sure all of the competitors are staying safe. And so 
really being able to customize the solution for whatever um, team needs it, uh, looking at how can we do contact tracing if you have a positive come up, how can you quickly um, manage that um, disease so that you don't have serious implications down the road. Since you've been uh, dealing with this since February or January, like you, you mentioned, um, what have you been surprised by or something you didn't expect as far as compared to other work you've done in this world uh, with COVID? Yeah, so I would say two things. I mean, one thing I was probably a little naive about, and, you know, this is my first pandemic. Um, and so, you know, I did when we, <laughs> when we started to do testing, we quickly recognized we would need a larger workforce to do all this extra work. And so, you know, we started to hire temporary workers. And I said, well, let's probably 90 days. Surely this whole thing will be over in 90 days. And so I think that, you know, was a, a small personal thing that I, I thought that this, you know, we would keep it contained. And maybe it's because I'm a little bit of an optimist that, you know, that we would keep it contained and it would be like the previous um, novel coronaviruses, SARS and MERS that didn't really ever cause a problem in the U.S. And so I think that was one that was surprising that, you know, this now, this disease will always be with us. And so we'll get to a better place in the future, but the coronavirus will never go away. We're, you know, the goal is now not to eliminate it. It's to learn to manage it like influenza and like many other viruses we do. And I would say that the second thing that really surprised me is how many supply chain issues we've had. Um, you know, the obvious ones kind of early on, um, you know, personal protective equipment, you know, it was all over the media for healthcare workers, where again, us in the laboratory, we're kind of the unknown people in the, in the healthcare system. We need that same personal protective equipment for us. And so we had those supply chain issues. But as the pandemic has went on, we've had supply chain issues with pretty much everything we use plastics, um, you know, who would have thought you would run out of plastics? Um, you know, it seems like something that should be in such great supply. But we've, you know, had supply chain concerns um, with almost everything. And because of that, you, you try to buy ahead. And so now we have things in storage, really, you know, and people that are working from home, um, we're storing things in their offices, because it's critical to keep that very fast turnaround time, you can't run out of anything. And so you have to have, you know, weeks of supplies, months of supplies on hand to make sure you're not going to run out. You guys have been working on all these other things you do too, like you mentioned at the top. Um, you're not just doing COVID-related uh, lab work. You're doing lab work in a lot of different worlds that affect a lot of different people. Um, what are your thoughts on a vaccine? Is that is that something with – you know, that's uh, in the near future. Is that something that's further away? Uh, yeah. I mean, the FDA and approvals and timing and whatnot. I mean, what, what do you, what, if you look at your crystal ball, we're not going to hold you to this, but what do you <laughs> think as far as the vaccine? Yeah. You know, we, we do a lot of crystal ball work, work here and in, in trying to understand, um, you know, when it's going to be done. And, you know, I do think we've got a lot of great vaccines in development. I'm confident that the FDA is going to be um, quick, but not too quick. So they'll be safe for us when they come out. Um, and so, you know, a lot of these vaccines 
are really modifications of vaccines that have been used before. And that really is where we need to get. You know, I think, you know, the key is, you know, to get those vaccines, it sounds like maybe towards the end of the year, and really just have everybody be patient, because we have to trust those kind of in government, in policy, in our public health group, that they're going to make the right choices as they kind of manage vaccine rollout. Because, you know, we do have to really approach that in a very organized way. But we'll get we'll get to everybody when the time comes and and continue um, to look at it. And in the meantime, we're, we will be able to to have more beds for those people that don't don't have vaccines. So really, the vaccine is really going to be the key to finding the new normal. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's interesting to think about. And, uh, you know, I wonder what costs will be associated with that and the, and the, and the weight for that. And, uh, you know, how it will be different than the flu vaccine. I mean, there's all these different variables that come into that. Michelle Eldridge is with us. She is uh, the president of Viracor. Uh, she's based out of Lee Summit, Missouri, or the company is. Um, and they do work all over the world with uh, lab testing and uh, clinical diagnostics. Uh, Eurofins is the clinical diagnostics arm. Uh, Viracor is, is the local arm. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM or via Apple Podcasts. We'll be right back after the break with more Grill Nation. Since you've been gone. Welcome back to the final segment of today's Grill Nation show. Thanks for listening again today via the radio or on podcast or at grillnationshow.com. Again, I'm joined today by Michelle Altrich, who's the president of Viracor, Eurofins Clinical Diagnostics. The website is viracor-eurofins.com. Incredible lab, doing great work here, solving tons of different problems in our uh, community in the healthcare space. Michelle, we were talking about COVID-19 and kind of what the future holds. And one thing that I think has been interesting is, is it has definitely changed businesses' decision-making process. There's so many businesses throughout our world and our community that, that take a long time with business plans. They take a long time kind of looking at the strategy, what their strategic plan is, where are we going in the next year. This really has kind of made people think uh, faster and be more uh, efficient and more effective in their business decisions. I know you guys have in your own culture, been working around the clock. Talk to us about that and kind of how this this uh, pandemic has sped up the decision making and business processes. No, it's a great point, Jason. And and we too at Viracore have a very structured approach we take when we think about you know a new diagnostic test that we're going to bring bring to market. And it's a very structured, drawn out process. You know, doing a market analysis, understanding you know what the requirements would be from the physician. And really kind of that very structured process, you just really have to toss out the window. And, and it really has just been able to trying to look and, and estimate and predict kind of what will be needed. You know, again, looking back, looking forward to vaccine, are we going to need to be able to measure more antibody testing? We've been doing antibody testing kind of throughout the pandemic. There hasn't been a great need for it up until this point. But that may really change, you know, when we get to vaccines. So really trying to predict and, and make decisions. And, you know, we might make some decisions that will not pay off. 
but we really don't have the luxury in really the community, the world. We kind of just have to develop kind of everything that will be needed if if some of the assays we develop aren't needed. That's just kind of something we have to live with because we don't have the luxury of doing a long drawn out process that we normally would. And we're, we're great and we're blessed because we've got such a dedicated team here that has been working through the weekend and very long hours to try to get things completed as quickly as possible. Because, of course, we can never compromise on the quality. So you have to make sure you get all the steps done. But so the only way to move faster is to use every hour in the day and not take days off. And so, you know, luckily, we're, we're really we've got a great team here in our culture. Everybody's really come together um, so that we can offer a lot of different solutions here in our community as well as throughout the United States. Mm-hmm. And now with that home testing, you're going to you're going to be working harder. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a great point. I mean, we've been continually building up um, our capacity because um, I think I mentioned earlier, we, we've been working with the FDA since July on this. And so, we, you know, we've been thinking, okay, we're going to get that approval tomorrow. We're going to get that approval tomorrow. So we've been building up. So we've got staff, you know, ready and willing to kind of do the testing and, and meet that demand that, that we hope and, and think will be coming. You mentioned antibodies. Is that is that testing similar or is that different? Is that something that people would have to do a different test for? Could they use it during their COVID? Yeah, no. I mean, antibody testing don't tell you that you have the disease now. Kind of if we put vaccines to the side, an antibody test would tell you whether or not you've had the disease in the past. And so you, antibodies are something your body makes. Um, in response to having the infection. But they're also kind of the way vaccines work. So vaccines really are meant to kind of trick your body and, and make your body think they've had the infection. So they develop antibodies to protect it. And so those antibodies then are around so that you don't get uh, sick um, kind of in the future. And so um, antibodies, you know, they're not, they're available and they're being used in in some communities, maybe using them to see about, you know, how much infection has been happening over the past six months. But they may be a lot um, more important as we look towards um, figuring out what vaccines kind of are the best and, and, and work the best. They're, part, they're an inter, integral part of that clinical trial where the vaccines are being looked at for whether or not they work. Michelle Aldridge is our guest. Michelle, what we, we've always got to look at these things and decide if, if from a, a community and a business standpoint, if anything good has come out of this pandemic. And, um, you know, diversity and inclusion in the workplace is front and center right now uh, throughout our world. And uh, do you think the pandemic has opened any opportunities for a more diverse workforce in healthcare in the lab industry? Because, you know, this is a growing industry, it seems. Yeah, no, it's it's a great question. And you know, I think we're lucky here. Viracore and Eurofins has always been very um, diverse and very um, inclusive. You know, I think one of the things uh, that's really opened it out is we're able to tell our story a lot more. Um, and so we might have people, you know, think about this as a career because, um, you know, I think one thing we haven't talked about, but we have people working here in the lab um, with all uh, backgrounds in education. There are you know, not every job in a laboratory is a technical one. So I would say, you know, we have been able to staff up in a lot of different parts of our business. And so it's given us the opportunity just to plug into our community more. 
Um, and sometimes, you know, there's been um, layoffs or other businesses have, you know, had more trouble keeping workers, you know, and, and a lot of the, the workforce that we're hiring will be temporary. But I think that it's been a great kind of way to supplement maybe for, from some of the job losses in other parts of the community that, that we've needed to staff up in both the technical and the non-technical side. Mm-hmm. As you look towards the future with your business, um, what are you excited about? Because you are dealing with uh, issues that are affecting people maybe in a negative light, but what are you excited about as far as from a business perspective uh, with ViraCore and kind of its impact it can have in our, in our region and our community? Yeah, well, of course, like many um, listening, I want a new sense of normal. Um, but I do recognize, as I mentioned, that, that this, this virus will be with us for the long term. So it's what I hope we learn and can take with us to the next time is just the next time we have a pandemic, and there probably will be a next time, we're able to respond to it and handle it a lot better. So maybe it is that 90-day pandemic that we can contain. But, you know, it would be great. ViraCore has been a, a strong growing company um, historically, and will continue to be that. We've We've had a strong kind of base of business throughout the pandemic. And, you know, a lot of our, the types of patients that we serve, um, you know, they've needed medical care throughout the pandemic. And so being able to focus, you know, on those patients kind of post pandemic, uh, will be, um, front and center as we kind of get back to a new normal. We have about 45 seconds left in the show. Real quickly, what, what is your best advice for those who have COVID-19 related questions? Trust our public health um, officials. They know what they're talking about. Wear a mask. You know, if you feel sick, stay home. Because um, it really is going to take all of us working together to, to fight this. Well said. Michelle Altrich is the president of Viracor Eurofence Clinical Diagnostics. The website is V-I-R-A-C-O-R dash E-U-R-O-F-I-N-S dot com, viracore-eurofins dot com. Thank you for coming on the Grill Nation show today. I think uh, the work you all are doing there is impacting our community in so many different ways. Uh, it's really cool to have a business located here in the Kansas City region who is uh, a national leader in testing and, and making COVID-19 testing easier for all of us so we don't have to do the the brain tingling tests that you mentioned at the beginning and all the, all the positive things that are coming out of your lab. It's really exciting as a lifelong Kansas City and to see these things happening in our region. So congrats on all your success. Thank you for all you do. And we're looking forward to kind of continuing to see the progress that you and your company make. So we appreciate you coming on the show today. Jason, it's been great. Thank you very much. And thanks to the listeners for joining us again this week on the Grill Nation show. We will see you again next week. Stay healthy and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. 